Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. So, Oma Gyan Atmarandasya, Gyananjana Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militam Yena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. I went to uh, the uh, University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and it has the, the fourth largest um, library in the country and the sixth largest library in the world. It's, it's a big library. Um, to, in, as of 2016, uh, 14,194,430 books in that. And I remember as I was studying, um, I was in my third year. I, I had interested in Krishna consciousness when I was in high school, so I was already practicing Krishna consciousness when I was in college, but I was spending a lot of time in the graduate library there because I was taking um, 400 level courses, the, the kind of like uh, more advanced courses. I don't know why, I guess I was a glutton for punishment. But uh, I should have kept on taking the 100 level courses where all the football players take. It was, it was a lot easier. But I took the. <clears throat> and I remember thinking that there's this huge library. And if you stacked up all those 14,194,430 books on one side and you put the 18 volumes of this one book on the other side, it would go like this in terms of importance and spirituality, um, in, in terms of you know, what's actually important in, in the world and in life. Um, and there are uh, similar statements uh, like that thought that I had uh, by uh, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, his guru, used to say, if all the other books were lost, but the Bhagavatam was not lost, there really wouldn't be great loss. Now, we might ask, that sounds like kind of a fanatical statement, doesn't it? Because, you know, there's a lot of good books. In, in there's, there's Socrates, there's Aristotle, there's all the Greek philosophy. Matter of fact, uh, I researched the... Uh, the Dewey Decimal System, anyone remember that? Anyone old enough to remember that? The, the way that they catalog books in, in libraries. And uh, they, 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 the zero series is computer science. Then uh, the 100 series is philosophy and psychology. The 200 is religion. 300 social science. 400 languages. 500 pure science. 600 technology. 700 arts and creation. 800 literature and 900 history and geography, and there's thousands of subcategories into each of those categories, thousands of them. So there's so many you know, amazing books in there, right? Books about how to lead a healthy life, books about how to uh, perform, uh, how to be a cardiologist, <laughs> books about uh, you know, how to be a candlestick maker, and uh, you know, every, just imagine anything you can think of. There, there's books about that. There's authors who have written about it. Right? So how could we dare say that you know, this would tip the scales? Right? Well, of course, um, we're looking at it from a particular point of view. Right? About who, you know, the Bhagavatam, the Srimad Bhagavatam, it's also referred to as the Bhagavad Purana. It talks about who we are. And perhaps even more importantly than that, it talks about who God is. 
and it gives great detail. You know, as uh, as our Srila Prabhupada would say sometimes, it like it gives his address, you know, his phone number, or as we would say these days, uh, his email address, his website, you know, his blog, etc. It gives such detailed. The the Bhagavatam is such an amazing book. It's twelve cantos, and the first nine have all these wonderful pastimes that we've, that we've heard about over the years, about Lord Nishringa Dave. We had Nishringa, the, the young, uh, the uh, Krishna Club um, youths did that uh, wonderful drama a few weeks ago, and that's, that's there in the seventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And, and uh, you know, pretty much you name it, anything that you've heard about in the Vedic literature, any, any story that you may have heard when you were a child or whatever, it's there in the Bhagavatam. And those first nine cantos lead us to the tenth canto, which talks about she, uh, Radha Madan Mohan, which talks about Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead, the person of God. So in that sense, although the, all the other literature, we're not poo-pooing it, we're not saying it's, it's, uh, it's terrible, it's necessary for human society, so many of the things that we, that we learn about right um, yet the essence is the essence of who we are and the essence of what is our purpose in life and so if we if we accept the vedic pr- purpose uh savai pungsam paro dharmo yato bhaktir hoksaje ahaituki apratiyata yatma suprasiditi the the bhagavatam itself talks about that if we really want to be fully satisfied in life then um, then by uh, performing service to God selflessly and continuously, that satisfies the soul. We all kind of know what it means to be unsatisfied, right? Whether it's, uh, we, you know, whatever it is in life. Even when things seem to go super well, we worry about them not going so well, right? The stock market's booming, we worry about a bust, right? Your kid gets all A's and you worry, maybe they're gonna get a B plus next semester, right? Or you get that new Lexus, but you know, you're afraid to park it anywhere because somebody might bump into it as they're opening their door, right? <laughs> you know, there's the, in this world, there's always that plus and minus. There's always sukha and dukkha, happiness, and distress, they, they, they just come and go like the waves uh, of an ocean, or, or more, maybe a better analogy is more like a roller coaster, right? With, with ups and downs. And so um, we say this bold statement about the Bhagavatam because it, uh, it, 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 it goes right to the essence that we, uh, of how to be happy, really happy and eternally happy how to actually relate and love others, and ultimately, who is that? Where did everything come from? You know, that question that, oh, you know, you look up at the stars at night. I was uh, recently in uh, Tuba City, Arizona. Anyone ever been to Tuba City, Arizona? 50% of your life is wasted. So Tuba City, Arizona, it's not far from uh, the Grand Canyon. I, I was on a Native American reservation. Anyway, the, um, it's, it's a very remote place. And at night, you look up at the stars, and it's amazing. You know, come, you know here, you look up, you see some stars. There, it's like a symphony. 
because it's it's because there's just very little you know lights and quote unquote civilization in that area, uh, and so it's just amazing you know so so you know the average person looks up at the stars at night and wonders, right? And at least from our point of view, this book answers those questions, and a lot more. And so. In that sense, the scale is tilted. Obviously, not everyone in the world would agree with us, would agree or agree with what I'm saying, and some people might say, yes, that's true, but it would be the Bible there instead of that, or the Quran, or whatever, right? Um, the, the unique characteristic of the Bhagavatam is its description of the person of God. Ishwara Paramakrishna, Satchit Ananda Vigraha, Anadir Adir Govinda Sarvakarna Karnam, that, that, the, that the original, uh, the cause of all causes, you know, we have a, you have mother and father, they have mother and father, they have mother and father, they have mother, you go back, you go back, where does it begin? So uh, here Lord Brahma is saying, um, uh, Anadir Adir Govinda Sarvak, the cause of all other causes is a person. And I mean, that kind of makes sense, right, when you think about it. Anything we look around here uh, was caused by a person. You know, the microphone didn't just kind of pop out of the sky, right? This murdanga was uh, created by devotees in Los Angeles, right? And uh, this iPhone was created by underpaid people in China, right? And uh, et cetera. And this very wonderful pink eyeglass case came from Vrindavan, because they have, you know, very colorful things in Vrindavan. Um, every, but as a person behind what we see. So why wouldn't the original cause go back, 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 back? So that's what the Bhagavatam talks about, the, the cause of all other causes. And the Bhagavatam is very clear that that ultimately is the most beautiful, most wonderful, most loving, most compassionate, most kind Sri Krishna. Yeah, it's okay so far? <laughs> Because um, the, the, there's different levels of understanding God. The Bhagavatam even talks about that. It says, uh, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavan Iti Shabjate. That there's these three different basic levels of understanding God as an all-pervading energy, the impersonal God, which of course we understand many, many practitioners of spirituality are attracted to that understanding. And then Paramatma is the, the Lord in everyone's heart. And then Krishna, as we see here, with his uh, beautiful pink roses all around him today, and his Radharani holding the uh, beautiful sunflowers. I think that's from our own garden, if I understand correctly. So um, is that supreme personality of Godhead. So the, other, so this, the Bhagavatam in it talks a story of how it came about, which is kind of neat. Okay, So um, the... The Vedic literature is, is vast. It's, it's incredibly vast. I'm trying to see if I can find the PowerPoint where I, here we go. There are the, um, the Vedas, the original Vedas, the Rig, Yajur, Sama, Tarva, there's the Upavedas, there's the Vedangas, there's the Sanghitas, the Brahmanas, the Arandakshas, the Upanishads. Um, and then there's, anyway, I can go on and on. The Pancharatras, the different Puranas, 18 major, 18 minor, the Itihasas, the six Darshans, the Tantras, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and these were, um, actually there's 1,130 Samhitas, 
4,520 titles in the Vedas. And we know some of them are huge, right? Like the uh, Mahabharata, the Ramayana are huge literatures, right? So this one uh, great soul and incarnation of Krishna named Vyasadeva, he, he compiled all of this Vedic literature. And still, it, this is said at the beginning of the Bhagavad he's lamenting. Gosh, I mean, I did all this. I wrote the, you know, these great books, the Mahabharata, and I'm still not fully satisfied. What's going on? And so at that time, as he, just as he's feeling that, his, his guru, Narada Muni, just happens to appear, which uh, Narada Muni, if you know about him, he does that a lot. He just happens to appear a lot. Um, and so he appears on the scene, and Vyasadeva, as a good disciple, reveals his heart to his guru. And his guru says, you've done so much. It's amazing service that you've done. But you haven't directly, directly glorified the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. You, 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 you know, as they go in India, they go like this, right? Sometimes you've seen like that, right? <laughs> they kind of indirectly and partially and this and that. Of course, the Mahabharata has a lot about Krishna. But directly saying, Krishna is the Supreme Lord. This is how you worship. This, this is how beautiful he is. This is how you haven't done that. And Vyasa goes, thank you so much, Guruji. And then he compiles Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's like, it's, compo it's compared to a ripened fruit, right? Like, um, and how many of you have seen a mango tree? Okay, a lot of you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so the mango tree is very nice, right? There's the seed of the mango tree. You water it. The tree, uh, the tree uh, comes out, and then the branches, uh, and then you know the sub branches, and then there's the kind of unripened mango, which some of us use in, in subjis, right? Right. But the but the real nectar of the of the mango, mango tree of all that work of watering it and having it grow and all that is when that ripened fruit, right? Especially the Alfonso mangoes, right? Who's had those? Right? You have to go to Bombay usually? That's where I used to get them, in Mumbai? You can get them in India. Anywhere now in India. You can get them probably in Costco now, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. But anyway, those are the, from my opinion, those are the best ones in, in India. Um, but that's the real, right? A ju I mean, I hate to do this just before lunch, but a real juicy mango, right? There's just... Uh, Nothing like it, right? Where it's just the right ripeness, right? It's just, and even that our uh, Srila Prabhupada used to call mango the king of fruits, right? So it, it's, I'm salivating just thinking about it. Uh, so that's what, that's what the Bhagavatam is. It's the ripened fruit of the Vedic literature. It's the, you could say the, the purpose of all the others, or the sar, sar means the essence, uh, uh, of, of all the Vedic literature. So, uh, and, and Vyasadeva wrote that. And then our Srila Prabhupada knew that it was a very huge task. It's 18,000 verses, but he made it his life's mission to translate that into English and provide uh, purports or, or commentary on that for the whole world to, um, to enjoy, to, uh, to get the, uh, the benefit from. So, so the Bhagavatam itself glorifies itself, which is okay. Uh, just like I said, uh, let's hear it for the speaker today. No, it's different than that. But um, it, it, in the second verse, 
it says something similar to that thought I had at the University of Michigan. It says, Kim uh, Parayar, what is the need for any other literature? It says, because it gives, it, it goes, um, Dharma projita kaitaravata paramo nirmat saranam satam. That it is, it is, it's focusing on the highest, just pure love, prema bhakti, the, the goal of our life. So isn't, isn't the goal of our life to just have, just like, ecstatic love? Right? To just be so overwhelmed with happiness 24-7 because of our relationship with the, the supreme source of all happiness? Right? So it says, what? you don't need anything else. It's all there in the Bhagavatam. And it also, um, in the third chapter of the first canto, the question comes up, okay, now Krishna has finished his pastimes on, in this universe, has gone to another universe. So, where are we going to find religion and knowledge? You know, it's, it's, it's all, is, is everything lost now that Krishna has left? And so the answer comes from the sages, and I'll talk a second about the, the sages, is, um, is that this Bhagavatam is as brilliant as the sun, and it has arisen just after the departure of Lord Krishna. And those who have lost their vision due to the dense darkness of Kali Yuga shall gain light from this book. So the, so the, the, um, the other part about how the Bhagavatam was spoken and written, we'll tell you that briefly. And by the way, I'm going to end, I'm gonna end uh, in, with a lot of time for questions, so get your mind thinking of questions now, okay? I just want uh, like five more minutes, and then we have a lot of time for questions. And then a l short presentation at the end. Um, so, so it begins by uh, Maharaj Prikshit, this great saintly king, great devotee. I mean, unbelievable devotee. So it's such a great devotee that when he was in the womb of his mother, Krishna protected him from, uh, from some danger that was uh, coming his way. Um, and he, to make a long story, a lot of you know this story, and to make a long story short, he was uh, cursed to live for seven more days. So that we're, because we're talking about what the essence is, right? So he, what is he going to do with his last seven days? What's on his bucket list? Does he want to go to um, uh, Disney World? Right? You know, some people have bucket lists of different things. They want to see the Taj Mahal or Eiffel Tower or whatever it is. I'm sure you all have some bucket lists, right? So, um, no, he wanted to sit down and uh, find out what, what is the goal of life and what can he do best with his seven days. So his guru, Sukadev Goswami, uh, recited this book. And then what happened is uh, you go, go forward another generation and these thousands of sages came to this place called Naimasharanya, which is called like the hub of the universe. And in this sense that whatever is done there can have an impact on the universe. That's what it said about Naimasharanya. It's a, how many of you have been to Naimasharanya? I knew there wouldn't be too many hands for that one. Um, it still exists, and it's a beautiful place in, in northern India. Um, and there, uh, Sutta Goswami, who heard from Sukadeva Goswami, who taught Maharaj Prikshit, again taught the, the, uh, these sages um, the, the Bhagavatam. So it has this amazing history, and it is such a wonderful book. It can be a little daunting. You'll see uh, that if you, you'll see we have the Bhagavatam on display outside, and it's, uh, it's about this big. 
like this, 18,000 verses. But it's not that daunting. If you read it for a little over an hour a day, like an hour and five to ten minutes a day, you can read the whole thing in a year. 41 pages a day, to be exact. Uh, and we also have classes given by yours truly at uh, 10.30 uh, every Sunday in the morning. There's a little free advertisement. Threw that one in there. No extra charge. <laughs> my wife's not here to get on my case about that. Um, <clears throat> but it's such, a, it's such a, and I think you ask the devotees who attend this, it's very, it's inspirational, not because of the speaker, but because of the subject matter. It really uplifts us. You know, we come to the temple sometimes worrying about this and that, and, you know, I just got this bill that I wasn't expecting, and this and that, right? And then, and then we, we get uplifted uh, by seeing Krishna, by hearing the wonderful kirtan today, like we heard, um, uh, especially, the singer was okay, but the Madanga players were great, right? <laughs> Nimai and Sham. And then the two sisters were out of this world. They took us, like, to Ahovalam, to Lord Nishingade's place, just by hearing that. And by the way, I'm joking, uh, Rukmini Krishna also led a nice kirtan. Uh, um, so, we, so the Bhagavatam uplifts us. It's one of those things. Uh, the way I got introduced was I was, uh, I was in living on Long Island, New York, going to high school, and I was working in my mother's law firm after school, just doing some, you know, um, making some money after school. And one of the clerks, he, would, uh, he, he was becoming a devotee, and he would, his whole lunch period, he would go to his, um, uh, his uh, car and just read the Bhagavatam. And then after he was done with lunch, he'd come and talk to me about what he read. And that's kind of how I got interested in Krishna consciousness, by, just by him telling me uh, what he read in the Bhagavatam. So it really is uh, wonderful and uplifting and... Um, and it's one thing to kind of talk about how nice it is, but like the mango, we could, I could talk about mangoes all day long, you know, Alfonso's this and, you know, this and that. But the real proof is tasting the mango, right? So what we want to do uh, is encourage all of us to take that leap to taste the mango. Uh, and if you don't have a set of these books, uh, we're going to have a presentation in a few minutes about getting one and also providing maybe a set of books for others so that they can taste the uh, the nectarian fruit. So at this point in time, what questions, comments do you have? I told you it was going to end early. Who besides Palaka Prabhu? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Go ahead, Palaka Prabhu. This is more... This, I'm gonna, he's going to say this is more a comment than a question. Hare Krishna. Was I right? <laughs> Which is fine. Hare Krishna. So this is more of a comment because it's, well, it's a question too. You lived, in, you, you lived in India for so many years. So we hear that, um, that the Shuma Bhagavatam is like a ripened fruit, but it's passed down. So oh, very good. Thank you for that point. If is eaten by a parrot, it becomes sweeter. But yeah. in America, I don't think people would go buy fruit eaten by parrots. So is that... Obviously, it's in the Bhagavatam, so in India, is that like a luxury? Well, okay, let's carry on that analogy a little bit. First of all, the passing down thing, right? So it's not so nice if the mango's really ripe and then it goes plop, right, without anyone catching it. Am I right? right. So the idea is uh, of parampara, or guru, disciple, guru, disciple, guru, disciple, is that someone has carefully climbed the tree and passed it down one by one so that the people on the ground get it whole instead of smashed and mushy. So that's one thing. And then it says that uh, it's that, remember I mentioned Sukadev Goswami had spoken it after Vyasadev wrote it? 
So suka also can mean parrot. And so it's said that uh, if a parrot takes a little nip out of a fruit, it becomes more sweet. So that Sukadeva Goswami, by, uh, by expanding on what Vyasadeva wrote, made the Bhagavatam more sweet. Now, I have not gone around looking for parrots with my mango, try to get them. But um, I was actually told by one elderly Bridgebasi that it was actually true. He experienced that. Is anyone, any um, parrot-eating mango watchers here? Acha! So did you hear that? The parrots really like guavas, and that makes it sweeter. There you go. That answer your non-question? <laughs> right. Yes. Other comments and questions? We try to go men, ladies. Ladies are so shy sometimes. Except the temple president. Yes, back, oh, okay. Well, you have it first, and then we'll one, then two. Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhaktam, is there a difference in message, or the message is the same in both of them? Very good question. Um, the Bhagavad Gita is a preliminary study of the Bhagavatam. And then the Bhagavatam is, this is like a direct quote from Prabhupada, it's a summum bonum of life. So he would say, so the Bhagavad Gita is written a little bit more on the level of intelligence. Like we have different levels of our, ourselves, right? There's the body, there's the mind, there's the intelligence, and then there's the soul, right? The Bhagavad Gita, of course, talks about the soul, and it's Krishna's direct words. But even in the, uh, in the end of the Gita, Krishna says that uh, one who reads the Bhagavad Gita worships him by his intelligence. And so the Bhagavatam takes uh, off where the Gita left and then brings us to the lotus feet of Krishna. So Krishna will say in the Bhagavad Gita, for example, Manmana Bhavamadbhakto Madhyajimam Namaskuru. He says, always think of me, become my devotee, worship me. And then the Bhagavatam will tell us about that person who we should pay obeisances, worship, and how to do that, and how he reciprocates. There's more details like that. So one leads to the other. Is that okay? Great question. Uh, someone, yes, sir. Thank you, Prabhu. Um, you mentioned, speaking of speakers, uh, you are one of the reasons I come here to listen to you because you share with us your personal experience in India as well as here. And so thank you for that. Um, another thing, <laughs> another thing, reason I mentioned that uh, this morning I was watching um, news, I saw this, I'm kind of a news junkie or so, and um, listening of this massacre, recent massacre, Two of them. I, I don't want to politicize it, but I, it's the mind-boggling. I've been searching this thing in myself and soul, that there are so many great people in this world, as well, especially in the United States. And also, we have a Krishna consciousness, Iskon temples, almost everywhere in the United States, especially in Texas, California, and so on and so forth. What are they missing, or what are we missing to not to let this message go to those people, especially young people, who are incentivized 
to do this massacre, to do this violence, to do not have a, this Krishna consciousness, to have their peace of mind and, and grow up with that. So this is really kind of, I'm wondering if you would shed some light with us and put, us, put our mind to ease. <laughs> thank you, sir. Wow, that's a big, thank you for that. And that's a big topic. Um, so many things as you're speaking going through my mind about how to, how to reply to that because one can go in so many different uh, directions. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is one of the statements by our teacher, Srila Prabhupada, where he said that the, in this yuga, in Kali Yuga, the mental diseases are worse than the physical diseases. Right? Um, and um, and we certainly people who would do such things, have, there's some serious uh, uh, mental problems there. Um, additionally, it is, it's a very sad reminder of the reality of this world. You know, Krishna, it, it, I think I've quoted this song before, but there was a song in the 50s or 60s by Lynn Anderson <laughs> where she said, uh, I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. <laughs> and so Krishna says that in, in, uh, in the Bhagavad Gita in many places, but in a couple of places, he, you know, he, he makes it clear. He says, Dukalayam Ashashvatam. Right? And uh, we probably, a lot of us know those, what those words mean, but alaya means the place, right? Like bojanalaya is the place where you get food. Aushodalaya is a place you get medicine. And dukalaya is the place you get duke, unhappiness, misery. So he doesn't say, oh, this is places, you know, um, nice place. He also says, anityam asukam loka. He says it's un, an eternal, anit means nitya, anitya, not eternal, temporary. And sukha means happiness, asukha means distress. So he does give us a, a kind of, what do they call it in this world, a reality check, right? About, uh, and, and, it's, and it's kind of good for us about expectations. You know, in my field in conflict resolution, um, the biggest cause of conflict, well, one of the biggest causes of conflict in the world is when there's unclear expectations. Right? You see this in the workplace. The, the, the boss is, has a certain expectation. The, the, uh, the uh, employee has a, has a certain expectation. They don't communicate clearly, so the, the, the uh, employee doesn't know exactly what the boss's expectation is, and, the, and, and et cetera. And so many conflicts come about like that. So Krishna is also trying to get our expectations of this world kind of clear and sober. Now, luckily, he says that there's another world. He, he, matter of fact, Krishna uses this in the Gita as a contrast. You know, one of the best ways to um, get a point across in literature and poetry, etc., is to show a contrast, right? So, right after Krishna says it's a place, you know, Abrahma, Bhuvana, Loka, Punar, Arvar, Tino, or Journey, he says, from the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest. All are places of suffering wherein repeated birth and death takes place. And then the very next verse, he says, oh, but if you connect with me, if we, you develop a loving relationship with me, then punar janma naiti. No more old age, disease, death. You go back to me. So in one sense, of course a devotee feels terrible when we read naturally. I'm sure we all, you know, and it was two in one day, Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas. I mean, it's terrible. Um, but it also can be a sobering thought that, you know, this world is not my permanent place, 
right? Uh, Krishna says that you know, it's such a clear, you know, what do they say in America? There's only two things you're sure of. What are they? Death and taxes, right? Yeah, and I, maybe you can avoid taxes. I hope nobody here is trying. But uh, you can't really avoid death, right? For one who is, Krishna says in the Gita, for one who is born, death is certain. Um, but now, th those are a few thoughts that cross my mind. Another thought that crossed my mind is that, you know, in our way, as much as we can, we give people, for example, a chance to hear Krishna's transcendental message in the Gita and in, and in the Bhagavatam. And that can help somebody um, rise beyond uh, the modes of material nature that force, that, 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 that uh, influence our mind and our senses to do terrible things to one another. And instead, uh, you know, think about, think about us, all of us in this room, um, Maybe some of us were born, uh, some of us were born in, uh, in devotee families and grew up in that way, but a lot of us took to uh, spirituality and Krishna consciousness later, whether it was as a teenager or as an adult. And look at the difference in our lives, right? For some of us, I, you know, I grew up in a family that, uh, that served meat. My mother didn't know any better. And, uh, you know, I haven't uh, touched a piece of meat in 45 years. You know, look at that, that, that one change. And I'm sure many of you are... All of you have similar stories to tell about how Krishna consciousness and how spirituality has turned you into uh, a much better person. So we would like to do that on a large scale as, as far as possible because it's so sad to see you know, um, these, these terrible things in, in the news on a daily basis. Is that all right? Thank you. So, yes, uh, microphone, wait for this young lady. I think it's on. Talking about contrast, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says we should not be affected by happiness and sadness. What examples from the Bhagavatam can we remind ourselves of that? Oh, now she's really testing me. Um, okay, that's a great question also. And anyone who wants to help me with this, just call it out. Well, Prahlad Maharaj, because we, we heard about Nishingadev recently, right? It was uh, Nishingadev Jodhisi, and then in June we did the drama here in the temple room. And he, he said that most people, they think in terms of friends and enemies, right? They, and, and the mind always thinks, if you think, if we took a step back and could like observe our mind the way it thinks, this is, at least according to the Bhagavad Gita, this is what you would see, that constantly it's accepting things that it likes and trying to reject things it doesn't like. It's kind of like, you know, binary computer, right? There's a whole bunch of zeros and ones. Anyone, anyone here know about computer science? I didn't think so. <laughs> that was a joke also. No one laughed at that one. Uh, anyway, um, so, but Prahlad Maharaj is saying that become transcendental to that thinking in terms of friends and enemies and see everyone as your brother and your sister. Right? So that's kind of above happiness and distress. Um, because usually we think, oh, that's my friend. Let me hang out with that person. That's my enemy. Oh, let me, you know. Yeah. Um, so he, he's saying that the world thinks in terms of friends and enemies. And he's saying that he transcended that by Krishna consciousness. What other examples do we have? Instead of one person thing, we have 200 people. So people help me. 
Devahuti. Tell us about Devahuti a little bit. Oh, it's you, okay. Your microphone for her? I just thought I was meant to give the example and not say anything. <laughs> you thought you could get away with just saying Devahuti and then I... <laughs> well, um, she was the daughter of um, Swayambhuva Manu. Great example. The creator of mankind. And she uh, married uh, a sage who, um, although very powerful, lived in conditions that were not... Um, very suitable for the daughter of a, a princess. Of, yeah. A princess. Yeah. And so um, she she uh, was a very chaste and faithful wife. And so seemingly externally it was a distressful condition for her. But And then um, later on when she wanted children, um, there was a lot of material opulence. I guess it's a long story. It's a long story. But I get your point. It's a wonderful, thank you. That's a great example. Thank you. Yeah, but she, she just, sukha dukha same kritva, Krishna says. Uh, and that's what she did, right? She was in, in opulence. She served and served Krishna and her husband. And in distress, she didn't say, oh, man, I can't believe I married this guy. You know, oh, geez, you know, like that. But she, she very faithfully, yeah, thank you for that. Great example. Other examples? I won't, I promise I won't put you on the spot. Just say the name. Which one? Jad Bharata. Yes, Jad Bharata was so, yeah, he uh, was so, um, yeah, he, he, he transcendental. He, he uh, didn't mind when the king was chastising him, when the king wasn't chastising King Maharaj Rahugana. Yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot of examples. Does that help at all? Mother Kunti. So you already had the answer. Ah, she was testing me. Yes, Kunti. Kunti actually prayed. This is, now, don't anyone, you don't all have to pray like this, okay? But she prayed, may, I, may, may, may problems keep on coming, more and more calamities. Because whenever I'm in distress, I call out for Krishna's help. And so I'm always thinking of you. So we don't have to, because calam, don't, you don't have to pray for them, they'll come. Don't worry about it. You know? But one of the real tests, and uh, I've been really thinking about this a lot in my own life lately, is... When some struggles come, do we immediately try to, in our mind, okay, I can adjust this and do that and talk to that person? Or do we first think, hmm, Krishna, it sounds like this is a test. Please give me intelligence and please give me guidance to deal with this. Do we first think of him? Or do we immediately try to just take shelter of our intelligence and, oh, okay, let's see what I can do. So a devotee has a, so the, the perfect example is, and I'm going to end with this and then we have some announcements and stuff, is... Um, um, Arjuna, so this, this, this weapon is coming his way, this very subtle weapon that's coming his way to kill him. And he's with Krishna, and the weapon's coming, but even though it's coming so fast, he first offers like six or seven prayers to Krishna, you know, glorifying Krishna. And then, then at the end, he kind of said, oh, by the way, could you help me out here? <laughs> you know, instead of like, Krishna, ah, because that's what I would do. I would just say, Krishna, Krishna, get me out of this place, you know. But he, you know, um, remembered his relationship with Krishna first and then took shelter, and then dealt practically. So it's not that we shouldn't deal practically with the world, but understand that ultimately things are under Krishna's control, and he's our guide, and he's our friend. Um, he's our maintainer, he's our protector. And that gives a lot of solace. Was that all right? Thank you for such uh, great questions. Okay, there's one more, and then we have our talk. Yes, the young lady there with... 
This is great. There's more women questions than men questions this week. Or actually comments. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. Hi, Krishna. Um, I have one question. Please pardon me if it is not the appropriate setting. Um, but in India, you know, uh, Bollywood influences uh, common people a lot more. Really? <laughs> and uh, I heard of this new movie coming up um, in which someone who kills other people, he says, you know, I'm just killing their bodies. He's a soul and I'm just transferring him to a new body. And, you know, he's, he's you know, kind of quoting from Bhagavad Gita. Right. Which is for... You know, we know it's inappropriate, but there are a lot of general population who who don't have association of devotees and the right guidance, and th their faith can be, you know, shaken by mm -hmm. such things. So yeah. how would you um, address or how would you answer that? The word ahimsa is mentioned seven times in the Bhagavad Gita, and I think... I think I'm getting it maybe five times, and Shanti is mentioned seven times, right? So the word Shanti means peace, and the word Ahimsa means nonviolence. In one sense, it's superficial that the Bhagavad Gita is taking place on a battlefield because Krishna is talking to a warrior. So when he says, Tasmat Sarveshu Kaleshu, Mamanu Smara Yudhyacha, he says that uh, Arjuna, you should, Mamanu um, Mam means. Krishna, and Anusmara means, anyone know what the, anyone remember what it means? It means remember, I <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Mama Anusmara, Yudya means to fight, and Cha means also. And the words are selected very carefully. The Anusmara comes before Yudya, so the remember Krishna and then fight. So for us, and this becomes very clear in the commentary of Great Acharyas, for us, like what is your occupation? You're an RN. So for you, Krishna is saying, Mama Nusmara RN Cha. Right? Because he, he's, he's, what he's telling Arjuna is, remember me and do your particular duty. It happens Arjuna was a Chatriya. Right? But for those of us who are cardiologists, Mama Nusmara Cardi, you know, take care of people's heart Cha. Right? Or conflict resolutions Cha. Or IT person's Cha. And that's what, you know, that's what is uh, the essence of the Bhagavad Gita. So it is unfortunate when people uh, misconstrue things, but uh, people misconstrue just about anything, right, in this world. It's very bad when people misconstrue Krishna's words, but that happens. And it may be an opportunity um, for us, especially for the devotees in, uh, in India, to um, take advantage of that movie and, and you know, get, get on the social media and get to the newspapers and uh, write op-ed articles and things like that to clarify that. So thank you so much for bringing that up. Thank you very much. And please keep on R-N-ing if, if that is a verb.